Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome back to DM Radio. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. Okay, folks, the virtual summit is back. Your host here, Eric Cavanaugh, and we have Claire McFarlane from Alteryx, who's going to do a deep dive, a little demo. So go ahead and share your screen and show us what's going on in the world of Alteryx. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Eric, and looking forward to the opportunity to show everyone what we're doing with AI today at Alteryx. So what you're seeing on my screen right now um, is a PowerPoint presentation, something I'm sure, you know, in our time we've all prepared uh, for stakeholders, um, helping them to understand, you know, in this particular case, how our sales are performing. Now, what if I told you that this entire presentation with the headlines, the visualization, the comp, the comments on the pages themselves, but also the talk track that you're seeing down here was actually created by generative AI in the Alteryx platform. Mm. So this entire PowerPoint deck has been built out as a starting point for me, helping to automate some of that painful work of um, preparing insights um, for our executives, for our sales team. Um, so what I'm going to show you now is how we can pull all of this together in Auto Insights. So I'm going to jump into the Auto Insights platform over here now. Um, and this is a report that is built by the product, which is an automated reporting and visualization tool um, to help us understand how our sales are performing, um, maybe how our expenses are performing against our our budgets, um, or for any sort of data that you you might be analyzing in any sort of business intelligence tool today, um, you can use Auto Insights to automate not only the creation of the reports, but also for that end mile of the PowerPoint presentation itself that usually our stakeholders are asking for the, tell me what I should do about what the data says. So this is a report that Auto Insights has built for us. Um, it's focusing on how revenue is performing in our EMEA sales region. And so for the purpose of what we're seeing, I'll get everyone to imagine that they're a sales manager um, managing the EMEA business. And so if you engage with a dashboard alone today, you might understand um, what your sales are doing. But what Auto Insights and what Generative AI does is help you to understand how this is trending over time as well as what are the drivers behind this increase in revenue that we're seeing. So we use a lot of statistical algorithms um, to help us understand that our large enterprise accounts and company size, um, particular countries that are driving change, and you can explore all of this in the Auto Insights platform in more detail to help you understand exactly what the changes, the drivers are of change. 
So for me, as someone who's built a lot of dashboards, a lot of visualizations in their time, I love that Auto Insights can not only trawl through the data to help me understand, you know, exactly what are the stories that I need to tell to my business stakeholders, but also help me to find any of those outliers, any of those particular things that might be moving in directions that we're, you know, not hoping for, or perhaps are a great representation of what's happening in our business. If I want more detail, I can click into any of these stories that are surfaced around outliers um, and I can see, you know, which particular um, factors are impacting both of these countries or perhaps just one in isolation. Um, and you can see here the particular drivers of change, what's doing well, which account managers own these, um, you know, accounts within the country and more. And you have all of the detail within the product itself around what, um, how exactly the uh, product is calculating all of this change. Now, if we come back and we wanted to build ourselves a report and create that PowerPoint deck that you saw at the start live, it's something that can happen in an instant. All I have to do is choose the data set that I want to create a report from, in this case, demo sales data, um, choose my KPI of revenue, and that's it. Auto Insights will build a dashboard for me automatically. Now, if I want to take that a step further, I can add in my own customization. Um, perhaps I want this to be a sales report for the age of Pacific region. And as I change my name, and in this case, I'm changing filters so that this applies across the entire document. Then once I'm happy with this content, I can change the visualization. I can reorder some of these pages around in terms of what we're focusing on. Um, once I'm happy with all of this, this magic documents feature that we've just released leveraging um, generative AI capabilities allows us to dictate how we would like to present our story to our end stakeholders, who's going to consume this content, what language we should use. And then as we click generate, this entire report that the Auto Insights product built for us will be summarized by generative AI services um, and then presented back in that PowerPoint deck uh, that you saw just before. Now, of course, while this runs, you can, once you've got the first draft of the content, you can tweak this um, to change the language or the tone of voice that the presentation is using. You can also uh, tweak whether or not um, the PowerPoint should provide um, AI-backed recommendations. Um, and you can also control um, you know, how verbose or how succinct the slides um, and the presentation should be. In addition to presentations, there's also email-based format as well as instant messengers, um, allowing you to summarize all of this automatically generated business intelligence content into those um, actionable outputs for your business stakeholders. So I'll let this run through and then we'll see what that presentation looks like that we saw at the start. And of course, any of the content that you wish to present in the magic document itself, it all comes from this summary report over here. So if you want to change the focus, if you want it to look a certain different way, you just make these tweaks over here and then regenerate your magic document content. And here we go. Here's the presentation created all for us. And if I want to make any of those edits, adjust the slide length, um, change the objective of from which the PowerPoint is framed, all of this is possible to do within the edit console over here. That's crazy. I mean, this is really impressive. So just so I understand 
how you got here. You've got this report that you're using, which is, again, the trusted data. This is the vetted, governed, golden record, if you will. That's the foundation. And then you go into magic documents and you basically start laying out where you want to go with this, but you allow the generative AI to create the text around the skeleton that you've given it in the form of that report. Is that right? Exactly. That's absolutely it. So that skeleton report, which is also auto-generated, but you know, there's a user interface that allows you to amend, adjust, change the presentations, change what it's focused on. That all forms basically the storyboard for which the PowerPoint presentation um, is created. And so right now, you if I call it out, you can see that the language that it's using is a little bit jovial, a little bit funny. Um, and you know, it might be good for some type of professional presentations that you're doing. But if we want to change the tone of voice and have this rerun in a different way, if I change this to professional and hit save and regenerate, what will happen now is that the entire presentation will be rewritten much faster than we could amend anything in PowerPoint for ourselves. And then you'll see that the content comes through presented in a a slightly different way, again, with talk track amended, but all of those visualizations in place as before. So this is PowerPoint. So you've got an, it, it, you basically have a connector to PowerPoint. Cause I can tell you one of the things that has always annoyed me to absolute no end in PowerPoint is that making any small little change will throw off the format. And if you, you know, send it over to a different version and come back, even if it's the wrong version of PowerPoint, you get formatting issues, but somehow you've managed to, to solve that. Can you talk about that a bit? How is this actually working? Yeah, absolutely. So what's happening here is the content that comes from our um, automated mission summary over here is being summarized by the generative AI services. And then essentially behind the scenes, there's a communication out to create that slide deck. Um, And those slides are leveraging sort of Um, you know, very basic template behind the scenes with our branding um, that allows the content to be pre-populated in. So if it's the visualizations, if it's the bullet points around what's changing, all of that flows through to the document itself. Um, And then a user can download this um, slides template, I should say, for consumption in PowerPoint. Um, But it also works fantastically as well if you're a Google shop of being able to upload that to Drive. Um, And you'll see that the the way that we're using the formatting and the template itself means that you don't have any of those issues of, you know, moving something slightly and creating new slides or content uh, content being pushed off the the scene. (laughs) Can I just tell you, I mean, I, you know, I've done many PowerPoint presentations. I do like Google Slides. I like these different versions. But just tinkering around with the smaller details, and to your point, making changes is such a pain. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, does a user who's leveraging this, do they need their own instance of an LLM? Or do you guys have the instance of the LLM that they're leveraging? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have the LLM on our side. We're leveraging the um, Microsoft Cognitive Services for everything that you're seeing here. So a customer doesn't need to have an LLM or a user doesn't need to have an LLM that they provide. Um, By leveraging the Alteryx cloud services, you're able to leverage um, that LLM. Um, So it's, I guess, a very easy way for people to start um, using generative AI in a really, I guess, fantastic business application to automate some of that more challenging work. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, this is the first time I'm seeing it and it is absolutely fantastic. (laughs) I mean, that is very, very impressive because here you've taken the tremendous power of generative AI and you've just put it into an engine that your customers can use. And what what I'm really excited about, again, is the 
is the anchor of truth that you provided because you're saying this is the report that I want to create into a story via PowerPoint. So please go ahead and do that. Could you walk through just because I'm going blind here on the left hand side where yeah. you've got the documents and some of the different features that are in there? Can you walk through what you're able to change and kind of how that works? Of course, and I'm I'm zooming in for the audience a little bit. Hopefully, this is a little bit easier to see now on my screen. But you've got the medium first, um, which we were prompted to select to begin with. So I could toggle between these, and uh, I receive different prompts um, from which the the medium is adjusted. I can also change how many slides are created. So at this point in time, what you're seeing is there's a one-to-one relationship between the number of slides and the number of pages that exist within our underlying report. Now, if we extended this, we could make it such that there's um, two slides, perhaps one for the statements purely of what is happening, and then a recommendation-based slide for each um, if we were to change this toggle. And you can see I've just switched that on and you have the um, option to choose this. Um, you can change who your audience is, and really that changes the um, the language of who we're communicating to. We provide sort of templatized results, but you can also choose any sort of selection that isn't there. You can also change um, the objective, which will then influence the language and the recommendations that the tool um, provides. Toggling on or off the ultimate recommendations, for example, here for the Asia-Pacific report, it's showing to focus on large enterprises and the Indonesian market but it is possible to exclude exclude those recommendations if you're not comfortable. Um, You've got the choice of any sort of um, language and we support, I think, 200 plus, um, as well as the tone of voice prompt, which will, you know, help to add character. Well, and you know what's so important here and why I'm getting so excited is that you have these different component parts in a chain, right? When you're, so you have your data, that you're trying to understand, you build reports, for example, these could be dynamically generated out of ERP systems or other systems, obviously. But the storytelling is such a big part of the equation. You can have all the right data to tell the story properly in your mind, but that's not what people are going to be reading or experiencing. They can't see into your mind. So they have to look at documents or listen to you tell the story or, you know, or read an email or whatever the case may be. That is a very difficult part of the process. In fact, it's it's like a gigantic chasm that really good storytellers can navigate effectively. But you have just made every storyteller a 10x st- storyteller is kind of how I view it. What do you think? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think at Alteryx, one of the things that we're really passionate about is helping people who are sitting within the lines of business within organizations to be able to pr- work with their data, present their data out to stakeholders in a an easier and um, and clearer day and really way and give people time back in their day to be able to focus on, you know, if it's getting home earlier um, to their, their families as well. So really through um, being able to automate a lot of that content of that last mile of analytics of the storytelling, the visualization, the presentation layer, I think is is very, very important to that overall presentation and that communication out from the purely this is data to this is impactful data for business decision making. Absolutely. And you know, you're also picking up on some of the key points that Eve made in his presentation about tone of voice, for example, or audience. Who are you talking to? I mean, just think about it. This is an excellent use of this large language model technology because it understands syntax and voice. These are two 
key components in the architecture of these technologies. And, you know, let's think about it. If you had this 20-page report and you had to write one report for the business side, one report for the sales guys, and one report for the technical people, that's going to take you not just 3x the time. It's going to take you probably 5 to 10x the time to write all that out. But it's all referencing the same report. So again, these models are so powerful at being able to speak in different voices. So instead of having to spend, let's call it 50 man hours to get three reports done, you're going to get all three done in like five hours because again, it's all the same data that you're referencing. It's just different language and different tone and different voice that you want, which the engines do for you. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing to your point as well, Eric, is that, you know, sometimes it might be for the sales team, it's a PowerPoint presentation, but it could be for an executive team that it's just simply an email around what's been going on, what's been happening. And so leveraging um, the the generative AI services as well, we can simply summarize this into an email um, that can be copied straight into your email client. And again, it's calling out those, um, the key highlights that is, again, that last mile of presenting a story. Or, or telling what's happening in the data. Um, but the great thing as well, as we saw at the start of what I was showing, is that everything hyperlinks back to that single source of truth, that data right. set that exists. Right. So here's an example of, the, of an email written for the executive team. Um, and again, you know, we've got all of these comments called out in terms of the account managers to focus on, recommendations. Um, and again, we've got the ability to tweak um, all and any of what um, you know we're seeing from here as well. Yeah, and just so I understand, and you not know or may not be able to reveal this, but you know we talked about either embedding your corporate data into a model or using a vector database. I'm guessing it's the latter in this particular case, but is that all just transparent to the user? In other words, under the covers, that's how it works, but the user doesn't know that. Is that correct? So it's a, a case of whatever is in the data itself is what then gets summarized out for um, these right. emails and for the PowerPoint. So I like to think of it as a case of it's as simple as what a human would go through and, and trawl through, but automated really. So if you could quickly do this yourself or you could clone yourself, I, I always joke, this is exactly how we're operating. So it's all, we do the, the heavy lifting behind the scenes, leveraging the generative AI content, but always, of course, it's based on what you feed it in the first place for that quality in quality out yeah no absolutely this i'm telling you this is absolute dynamite because again you're referencing you're always referencing the document that that fed this the report that started this process and that's what you're trying to explain the story is told around the data which the report provides but you've tackled what is i'm telling you the hardest part of that equation in my opinion i mean a lot of work goes into getting the reports right getting the data right i don't want to dismiss that but that last mile is a very 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 long mile and it's a mile that often gets short shrift because people are pressed for time or, you know, someone uh, just doesn't uh, have the resources necessary to do all that. And it just takes it takes time to write all this stuff out. It literally takes time to type the words out. So if you have an engine that can provide that that semantic and syntactic component that is really, really powerful. And you have solved this problem. It's called magic documents. Is that right? That's correct. Magic documents by Altrix. I love it. Magic documents. How cool is that, folks? <laughs> well, look this stuff up online. And I realized today that I can use the second half to do a demo of our own. So I'm just going to show you all what we have put together. Because I realized I built this a few years ago. And uh, timing is everything, right? So, folks, this is a website that we run called Inside Open Source. 
And what happened is years ago, I, wa- I realized there's so much that happens in the open source world, it's hard to stay on top of. And so I wanted to build myself an engine that would go out, a basically content scraping engine that would go out into the world and find all the relevant content and serve it up to me. So we created something called Media Lens. You can see right there, it says Media Lens. This is the parser settings page. And basically you give it the RSS feeds you want to track. You show it all the Twitter handles you want to track. I guess it's called X now. I don't think I'll stop calling it Twitter. I'm sorry. X handles, I guess. Would it be EX handles? Like, what are you talking about? Twitter handles. Anyway, you give it the hashtags, et cetera. And then what the engine does, you tell it when to run. The engine goes out and it finds anyone who is sharing an article on a particular topic of interest. So this is about open source. So that's the stories that I want to see. And this is unvetted. Okay. So we're going to jump right in here. You can see where it says pending, pending post right there. That is a story that the engine found. So I'm going to say, okay, this 2020 course bundle can get you started. Ah, that's okay. It is about Linux, so it's useful. Uh, AI is the most hype technology of 2023. Well, that looks perfect. So let me just take a look at that. So I'm going to click on this. And now what I'm looking at is actually in MongoDB. So this is no longer at the site. Our engine goes out. It finds the URLs. It parses them. It scrapes the content. And it persists in Mongo. So I'll go through and say, okay, this does look to be very relevant. This is what kind of stuff I want to share, developer experience. Yep, that's good. So I'll publish this guy. And then it's going to do a couple of things for me. One, it's going to auto bit.ly. It's going to create a bit.ly dynamically for me. So here are my bit.ly's. And if I look, there's going to be a new one that just showed up in here. And there it is. You'll get top performing if you want to see what's doing well and what's not. Like, okay, there's a sign up form you can use. There's a lot of activity on that one. But the point is it creates the thing and then it auto posts. You're not supposed to call it a tweet anymore. They're supposed to call it post. Okay, fine. So let me show you where that goes. <clears throat> but here's where I'm going with this stuff. So here's that post. Oh, actually, this is the one right here. Um, this link goes directly to the story. This link goes back to inside open source. So what I'm doing here is several things. I'm doing research. I have the engine doing the research for me, finding anyone who shared any article at all that has a hashtag like open source or Linux uh, or any of the different technologies in that space, Spark, of course, Pi, Spark, et cetera. It's going to find that, serve it up to me, and then I curate it. So what I'm doing is I'm doing my research, but I'm also populating my social feeds. So I'm educating the audience and staying on top of things, and I'm incrementally filling my content lake. And that's really what we're talking about. And then literally in the last couple of days, or when I talked to Brian Raymond the last time, I'm realizing this is a curation engine for vector databases to be used with large language models. Because that's what you're doing is you're using this technology to get to the bottom of things to see what's going on out there. So this gets me very excited, I have to tell you, because number one, Filling your posts can be hard to do, but you have a curation component. So it's not just going to post anything. So look, how to dispose of a mattress free and unpaid options. Okay, that's not good. So that one didn't work too well. Tips for improving software developer productivity, open source. That's good. Let's check this one out. So we look it up. It's also easier to read, if you notice that, instead of uh, all these websites with all these pop-ups, they're just driving me crazy. I remember when pop-ups went away and then they came screaming back. So this is good. Imagine the prospect first day of the new job, et cetera. Okay, that's good stuff. So I publish that. Once again, it goes back to inside open source. It fills my content lake. Yes. And it also keeps me interested in things, right? So these are all the stories that have been published. So look at this. Google speeds up security update frequency for Chrome. It's also good for competitive intelligence. If you want to know what all of your competitors are doing, you put their Twitter handles into the feed and it tracks them. So you can stay on top of things. And that's really what we're talking about. 
Now, Google keywords can do this, uh, but I, what I've found is with Google, the signal to noise is like 50 to 50. You got to have at least 80% signal for these things to use them on a regular basis. And I've found the signal to noise ratio is like 95 to 5. So here, another one is good. I'll go ahead and publish that. Just wanted you folks to see that. Uh, and wow, what a wonderful day. What a wonderful show we had for you today, folks. I thought, uh, Claire, you stole the show there at the end. You blew my mind with the magic documents. I don't know. Eugene, final thoughts from you. What do you think? I've had business analysts and financial analysts, PMO analysts spend days doing this for different regions and struggling over aligning the visual vocabulary across regions. We just solved that problem. Yeah. (laughs) Boom. That is just very, very impressive. David uh, Cooperberg, if you're out there too, do you want to make some final comment as well? Uh, no, just thank you for having me. Uh, I am having so much fun in this moment with generative AI. Like, I, there's no better time to have become a, like a data professional and be in product strategy than right now with this transformational technology disrupting and innovating. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you bet. And I mentioned to David earlier today when we chatted that uh, many years ago on DM Radio in 2009, we had a guy on the show named David Stoker, who was the founder of a company called SRC, which later changed its name to Alteryx. So it's been a long road, but uh, he obviously built a tremendous engine. I have to say, hats off. That is the best use of Gen AI I've seen yet. It's absolutely spectacular. Wow. It's going to be yeah. a fun ride. Folks, uh, hop online. If you want to be on one of these shows, send me an email, info at dmradio.biz that comes straight to me. You've been listening to DM Radio. DM Radio.